Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghoul. And guess what, Jackie? What? It's a family affair. It's wow. Yet another. It's a family affair. Yet another takeover. <laughs> That's right. The co-stalls. You gotta watch out, man. Yeah. You see, once you let one of us in, it's like vampires. <laughs> you know because the whole thing. <laughs> because sitting at our table today, we have. Uh, Joseph Costal. Yo. Yep. Hi. Hi. Um, you can find Joey. I'm back. Oh my God. Yeah. Why don't we? Yeah. You don't need to. We don't need to plug. No. I'm practically one of the ghouls. <laughs> let's not get crazy. Okay. Let's not. Let's not get crazy. Ghouls here. just want to have fun, Marissa. We do, as my sign says. Um, he. You can find him at JoeCostal.com, where all of his writing and musings and other things are. We also have with us arguably the coolest Costal I know. Um, Charlie. Arguably? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, look at his hair. He's got high school kid hair. I know you guys can't see it, but the hair is pretty cool. It's good. Yeah. We'll have to post a link. <laughs> He's the hipster coast He is. He's sure. the, the, cool, the cool tan and spell yeah. coast um, he's going to be way too cool for us soon, so we might as well. And joining us for the first time ever, I'm really excited. She only watched one of the movies because, you know, I mean, what does she look like? She's got better things to do. Is my mother, Rosemary Costal. Yeah, you got to watch a water bottle. What's up? Oh, hey, you can't just steal my oh. what's up, mom. <laughs> <laughs> get your, oh yeah. I love how you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy my mom's here. And they're like, get your own shit. intro. Get your shit together, mom. <laughs> How sharply that fell. It's so awesome. My mom's here. Yo, don't say what's up. That's my line. We keep it real. I knew I heard that somewhere. <laughs> and if you're going to say it, you got to say it right. You got to be like, what's up? Go ahead, Bob. Do it. You know what? We don't need you, Wait, you know, we say timeout. We're still going to talk. <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah. After a day with us, Jackie, you're not, that joke's going to be way less funny. Um, so tonight, ironically, we are here to talk about We Serioso movies. Yeah. Yeah. No joking around tonight, Jackie. Get your act together. <laughs> I know. She's been trying all week to, like, reconcile with the fact that tonight we're going to be a little more serious than usual. More serious than usual. Because tonight we are talking about the Jordan Peele canon of Get Out and Us. Mm-hmm. We think it's a great time to talk about it. I also want to say that for this episode, I am going to plug two... Uh, organizations that I think everybody should go check out. Everybody should give them a little donation if you can. That's the American Civil Liberties Union at ACLU.org and also I like fairfight.com, which is all about getting minorities out to vote. They particularly need votes in Georgia right now. That's where they're really focusing their energy. Go out, check out these websites, see if you can help. Give them a little dough if you've got some. And remember that we are here to fight the good fight and uh, keep up the Black Lives Matter movement as much as we can. With that being said, we are a bunch of Latinos and a white girl sitting around talking about uh, black black issues in America, race issues. So we know our place and we know that we're just doing the best we can here. And we are going to tread as lightly as possible because we realize it only goes so far how much we can understand. Absolutely. Yeah. And oh, I forgot a bunch of, and two white girls, because my mom's a white girl too. So you got okay. you got an ally today. What's <laughs> Here we go. Right. She's a nice Italian, just like you. Just like she you. gets her pocketbook mm-hmm. and she goes out. 
gets her pocketbook and she goes to the Olive Garden because right. when you're down here, you're family. Right. <laughs> Forget about right. it. Right. All right. So you guys want to start with Get Out? We'll yeah. go chronologically. Charlie's like, good. It's ex- I feel like you're like at the little kid table because you're sitting in chairs so much lower than us. That's, <laughs> That's appropriate. Second <laughs> time I've been here where the whole, the gaping hole of Jackie's synopsis is just so apparent to oh, me. Oh, God. The, the oh, time God. that would have been known as Jackie's synopsis. Because we, we don't have we 45 have, minutes. We, <laughs> I won't say a word. That's I'm, a lie. That's a blatant lie. <laughs> you, I miss it so much. Do you really? Yeah, I do. It had a jingle at one point. Now it's not even part of the show. <laughs> yeah. How do you go from jingle I'm segment sure. to no segment at all? I know you haven't listened in about four years. No, I listen, I listen when I'm on. Oh. <laughs> I listened to the last episode. <laughs> you guys are dirtbags. I'm um, like, I just sit there and go, mm-hmm, he's so, right. That guy's that always guy, right. That guy knows what he's talking about. He really animates it's the like show. like he's in my head. All right, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, so let's talk, let's talk Get Out first. Okay. All right. Okay. 2017, this written. is the directorial debut. Yeah, written and directed by Jordan Peele. Yeah. Who knew he was more than just the guy from Key and Peele? <laughs> the guy from Key and Peele no, at that time, right? right? Yeah. So it's always, it's always interesting to me when you get somebody like that who's known for comedy, and then you're sitting there in an interview, and he's like, well, yeah, kind of, I, I love the horror genre. It's my favorite. I've always wanted to make a horror movie. I mean, look at Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood uses all of his Lord of the Rings money to make, be it good or bad, make horror movies because that's what he likes best. And it's nice that he's really embraced looking like a serial killer too. To really <laughs> Have you seen Wait, him? Are we talking about Elijah, Elijah Wood? Wood? Or, uh, oh, he's yeah. straight up got a serial killer vibe for reals. <laughs> oh, the eyes. <laughs> but yeah, no. When these celebrities that are known for one thing that you find out. You know, embrace the horror genre as their favorite. All right, so get out. I mean, if uh, should we synop- I mean, people know this movie, right? You've yeah. seen it. Um, Mom, how would you synopsize Get Out? <laughs> this should be the new segment. This is gonna it's be interesting. Mom's synopsis would be a hit. Go ahead. Right now? Yeah. Get the grid out live. See what happened once. <laughs> this is the movie mm-hmm. where. Fantastic. Go ahead. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines horror movies. Once in a great while. Once in a great while. A film comes along, Mom, that changes the way we think about it. No, you know what? That's not fair. We were on the spot, and that's not fair. I was like, notes and everything. Yeah, that's not fair. I'm still trying to remember. All right, let's start. Let's start. So the so the movie is is designed. To make you forget that you see the most pivotal murder in the ver- in the first few minutes, right? Correct. Because you forget when you go into the life of the other characters that you actually watch the one character, right? I mean, you watch yeah, that one. Yeah. I'm blanking on characters' names. Yeah. He gets murdered. Andre gets murdered in the first few minutes of the movie. Correct. But then you're so engaged in this story, uh, you know. You're going, uh, you know, interracial couple going to see the white parents for the first time. And then they hit that deer, and there's that awesome scene with the interaction with the police officer. Oh my god, yeah. Which is, I think, exactly what this movie does well, is it like innovates the tropes so well, right? Because, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, Allison Williams' character is no one to trust. Right, oh my <laughs> but, god. What a great statement on fake allies, bro. Like, fake allies, right. She so is the she, epitome of a fake right. ally. And a fake But feminist. you don't know what you're watching yet. <laughs> no, no clue. Right? So you are designed to be impressed by, by her comforted liberalism. by liberalism. <laughs> liberalism. You're comforted by her feminism. You're comforted by what seems to be a very aggressively 
aggressively progressive attitude towards the police, right? Where it's not enough for her that they ask for right. like she gets um, her boyfriend's uh, ID mm-hmm. for no reason, which actually happened to me a couple times. Have you ever been in a car where the cops ask for the passenger's yeah. identification? All the time. Okay, yeah. All the time. I always do. I don't know that they, they always, always do. do. <laughs> well, let me stop you here. You run around town with a shady ass Latino known as better known as dad. So you have to always go around here. Here he comes. It's scary. Yes. When we got stopped by the cops, they asked me for my driver's license. Well, you're shady too. That's not so weird. When, how long ago was that? Eighty years ago. <laughs> no, so okay. Before we jump into all that, though, I want to kind of pump the brakes here and start at the very beginning, which is that. Well, first of all, I wanted to talk a little bit about Blumhouse because I didn't know how big they are on getting minority voices out there, especially in horror, and how um, Jason Blum really is going out of his way to find and make movies for people of color, which I think is really awesome. Um, he also called out Trump and was like, "Every white character in this movie is a direct statement on Donald Trump." And I was like, damn, you go, boy. Um, so I kind of like that they're kind of very aggressive about that. He also talked about his time time with Harvey Weinstein in the article I read, which really creeped me out because apparently, like, Weinstein would, like, put out his cigarettes on the guy, um, which is yeah. just terrible. Like, And he claims to, like, have no idea about the race, like, the sexual stuff, which everybody claims, but and I don't know how much I believe them. But, right, but and, that, and that's a Pandora's box, right? It's like, who sure. are allowed to like now because of the Harvey Weinstein thing? And, yeah. But... Blum got in trouble too, though, mm-hmm. he right? Did, just recently, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'm interested in your take on that. Well, so I don't know. I, I I think that we're at a point where old Hollywood is slowly dying, and all of these people now have to be held accountable for their actions. And I think it's a good thing. I do think Jason Blum, for the most part, is an ally. But again, I think, yeah, I think it's, they all grew up in the world of the Weinstein. They all grew up in the 80s, like the 90s and early 2000s Hollywood, which was still very much old Hollywood in my my opinion. So like now all these mofos are getting held accountable and I think it's delightful. Let them not be scummy, right? Yeah. Well, he got, he's, he got in trouble for saying that he couldn't find female directors specifically in the horror genre. And I felt like being like... South Jersey. <laughs> Where are we at? Because. I know. And, and, you know, like, he tried so hard to backtrack on it. And then he he did he did write by Candyman by finding a black female director for it. But I definitely feel like everybody still calls it Jordan Peele's Candyman. So there's yeah. still a whole... And that's why I can't wait to get into Us, because Us really gets... Elevates the notion of the black female in horror. And so I... Like, you know. and, 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 bless you. Bless you. I, and I blame that on the fact that they're advertising it. As Jordan, Jordan Peele's, Peele's Candyman. Right. Candy right. You shouldn't be advertising it as Jordan Peele's Candyman. Because how many times does the writer of the script get the billing over the title? You know, like, it, I'm not trying to say anything against Jordan Peele, but you're not Stephen King and you're not John Carpenter. So yeah, your right. name should not right. be above it, especially no when bad. you're taking it away from a woman of color. And I got three little words for you for how we know how bad that could go. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Because that guy was riding that same two movie wave. Right. Started pre-billing everything. Yeah. And then what happened? But I gotta be honest, I think Mia DaCosta is the the, uh, woman who directed Candyman. It looks good as heck. Oh yeah, we got a ways to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think Jordan Peele's gonna fall into that trap. But anyway, let's jump back into the film. Well, you know, let me let me just say that I don't necessarily blame him for that. I don't think Jordan Peele is walking into the office going, make sure it's Jordan Peele's Candyman. 
I think the advertising company and I think probably the studio is riding off of the name Jordan Peele right. and, and wanting to call right. it Jordan Peele's Candyman, right. which is, that's where the fault is. And listen, if I'm Mia DaCosta, I'm like, okay, cool, Jordan Peele, like, this is Jordan Peele's movie too, I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure she doesn't look at it as a slight to her. I mean, she's at the table, she's directing this huge movie. That's going to be, a, I think, a really big hit. I think she's just as okay with it as, you know, like we're probably the ones who are making a big deal out of it. I think the film industry too is falling into a trap that lots of industries are falling in. And that is, is that they're overlooking the devastation of tokenism and how people of color don't always want to necessarily be the person of color you brought in and how painful that overrepresentation is. For instance, I'll say this, for example, I I said for years, I can't find good. I, I, I can't find teachers of color. I certainly can't find male teachers of color. Yeah. And when I do, they don't want to work for my district. No, they don't. And and people would used to get mad at me, like, well, what are, why aren't you, you know, what are you doing to get them to to see our district differently? And I'm like, we have to change, change. ourselves before I can get people yeah. to see us differently. You can't just market to someone, hey, oh no, You're no, it's not gonna be that yeah. way. But you just ask the one black person in the room how they feel about this issue, and they have to speak to it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so you know. Hollywood's in that place now, and, and in a way, it's a good thing because I think this conversation will beget the dichotomy between like real change, where people of color are in charge and making projects at work and are employing people of all walks of life because they have control over over projects. That it's that control that has to change, not just we find we we elevate one or two people to satisfy the social trend that we move on. Um, so yeah, getting back to the movie, Allison Williams' character is by far one of my favorites because so good. she's such a great villain. Um, and I'm going to call to my absolute favorite scene of her where she has the milk and the Fruit Loops in separate containers, which is so symbolic and was so on purpose. And she's dunking her little Fruit Loops into the milk because she can't mix. She can't mix the two. Right. Cause it's, uh, and that's white girl stuff, right? right that is, is wrong white girl that? shit okay. right there. Yeah. Okay. No, oh, I'm, I'm going to apologize. Am I allowed to say time. that? Okay. You guys I'm, can tell me if I'm, I'm not gonna allowed. I'm going to tell you. Okay. The whitest thing I've ever seen is her listening to I've Had the Time of My Life. <laughs> I know. That's a and great don't, scene. And don't get me wrong. I love me some dirty dance. I was going to say, I'm like, wait a minute. I that one really throws me because <laughs> this like, one, no one loves it. No one loves dirty yeah. dancing more yeah. than you. So <laughs> I don't. <laughs> she does her kind of dancing with a great partner. That's right. That's right. Don't put me in a corner, Jackie. Okay. <laughs> don't put me in a corner because I'll tell you one thing. I love how white I own the white dirty dancing. But now let's talk about my guilt. About being so white in the sure next you were about movie. to say, listen, Jackie, <laughs> I, love I love how white I am, okay? No, hey, that's a good stuff. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, I am 100% going to talk about my guilt of passing as white in, in the next movie. But in this movie, I'm going to talk about the fact that she is the perfect villain because, like, so many, like, she just is such a great symbol for all of the fake allies, the fake, and the people out there, like the casual racism and the microaggressions that we, like one of the most perfect quotes I read that Jordan Peele said when he was like, when I grew up, white people, and it's still true today, white people feared werewolves and vampires and monsters, black people feared white people. And that's the most poignant, this horror works so well, because number one, you watch that scene in the beginning and you're like, oh yeah, the black guy gets it first. What a great statement on how horror has treated minorities, but also just America, everyday America. What's so scary about Get Out is that this is the reality for all of these people. 
Yeah. And all minorities in America. And Jackie, if you don't mind, I'm going to talk to the point that you were like, I feel like I don't get to say anything here. And I was like, nah, you're a woman in America. Yeah. If you were walking down that street, you would have been just so, as scared. So what, <laughs> what that is stemming from is we had a conversation where I said that, you know, we, so we watched Get Out and we, we watch Us. And they are both billed as horror movies. And I said that Us, a thousand percent, I have no problem labeling a horror movie. I said, but with Get Out, I lump it, it, to me it's a thriller, and I lump it into the same category as like Jaws. Because someone who has a pre-established fear of sharks is going to watch that movie and it's going to unnerve them to the core. I said, with Get Out, I don't see it as a horror movie because I am white and I do not know the fear of being the only person of a single skin color at a party with, you know, I have, I have never in my life experienced being the only white person in the room. I said, so I am completely ignorant to that fear of... This might be the closest you've come to being the only white person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it. Pretty much. No, yeah, no, you know I what I mean, though? Yeah. But, like, I don't know the fear of being judged, talked to, you know, all of that. Because of my skin color. So I said that I don't think... It's, right, it's, you come at it from I, an angle of privilege. And I don't mean that insulting. Oh, no, and way, I absolutely but, do. Um, and that's why for you it might not be a horror movie, but yeah. for a lot of people oh, yes. this is the reality, the, exactly. the realest horror you can find. Absolutely. Um, because it is so nonchalant. The uh, evolution of the racism in this movie is so perfectly nonchalant. And so, like, that, what he goes through and the things he endures before it even turns into a horror movie are just so, like, the, I love Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I can't, that is something I said. I can't imagine that. that oh, like, God, I voted for Obama. It's cool. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's, no uh, I've got black friends. Yeah. I'm not racist. <clears throat> I have black right. friends. Yeah. And I had said that the only scene for me that I felt I could relate to on any level is being a woman is that first scene. Like you could not, I like, I don't care how suburban your neighborhood is. Yeah, As a woman, you're gonna be scared I am not going to feel comfortable walking down the street at night by myself. No. It, it, yeah. <clears throat> oh my gosh, you said so much good stuff there. I don't know where to begin. I know. For, <laughs> yeah. Number one, I, I also come to this movie from a place of white privilege, right? Because despite my Cubanness, it would be unfair for me to say that I can relate completely to standing in a room and understand and feeling that different. The closest I can say I've come is to see someone of my same ethnicity who wears it differently, get treated differently than I was getting treated in the same room. Um, and that's more of a guilt thing, I think, as Marissa has said, than, than an issue of kind of relate, than being able to relate exactly. But, okay, we're talking about really genre, where well, you're talking about a genre in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't wanna, I kinda don't wanna open this box, but I think I need to, right? Cause I think this is what Jackie's talking about. So Jordan Peele is a good director, right? And and put the social commentary aside. He uses the camera beautifully. Oh, God. And the camera in Get Out, the camera work in Get Out, is and we won't talk about Us, because I think the camera work in Us like made a promise that the movie didn't fulfill, and I'll get to that Ooh, later. Okay. But the camera work in Get Out is just perfect, because the, the way that he kind of weaponizes perspective, oh, the way right. the characters are being weaponized, beautiful. Oh, the background is always so relevant. His movie, Both of these movies take a turn, and that Correct. turn is towards a social commentary that you're like, oh, damn, this movie's about this theme, right? Well, you gotta but be careful with both movies because he claims. Both movies also take another turn. And it's like that second twist. turn yeah. that A, makes me like the movie less. Correct. B, makes it move away from the genre Arthur's podcast is about. And to me, towards science fiction. 
And he'll be the first to admit that. I mean, Jordan Peele said that Us was based on a Twilight Zone episode. They are, it's almost like these movies are more sci-fi movies than he, And he would be the first person to like clap his hands on that. Because, number one, he claimed he wrote, and I don't believe this for a second, because just like George Romero, I'm going to tell the director who and the writer to sit down because I know better. Um, I don't think it was an accident that Us, he, I don't think you could say Us has no social commentary, because I find so much social commentary in it. Oh, me so too. So sit out, Jordan Peele but and I don't think so, I don't <laughs> think the movie delivers on it, but again, okay, we'll we save talk that. About that. Okay. Yeah, but like you're right. I think the turns sometimes do a disservice to the genre. I agree, and to the the plot He's itself. He's in love with science fiction, but if what Jack is ultimately saying is that this is a horror movie, I would tend to agree. Uh, I don't. I think that I think it's important to posit Get Out as a horror movie because of the horrors of real life. I mean, let's be honest. Like so many Americans, as we are seeing right now, are craving the old ways. Right. This is why Trump is in literally today. Uh, just this, the, the headline I read this morning was he took away racial sensitivity training on all federal agent levels. All agencies and the federal government no longer get racial sensitivity training. He's, and, and I quote him, he said, it puts us all back. It's very problematic. Cool. And, and yet your supporters are like, yay, another victory. Because deep down they are racist and they crave the old ways. And to me... What but their supporters say that Jay Z eats babies. I mean, yeah. it goes so much <laughs> further than that, right? No, one hundred percent. It's almost like Jordan Peele must be—he must just be like it's too easy right now. Well, to make like because it's but the world but is so empowered. Yeah, they're so empowered though, and it's permeating. You know, it's funny, Joe. You said like you're right. Like to to me, I very much code myself based based on which rooms I'm in. Like as far as how. And we have this privilege of passing, and I will never take that for granted. It also riddles me with guilt sometimes. But I, we have this privilege of only revealing our minority status when we. I mean, you more than me because you're a white, seemingly white male. Yeah. I'm a female, so that only goes so far. Sure. But for me, yeah, like I code myself differently when I'm with my my friends from back when we were kids, or my friends who are more ethnic or more inner city like. I'm a very different person. When I'm at school, I do feel like I have to be the token in the room, and I code myself differently. And I think this movie speaks to that too because Chris very much tries to code himself very appropriately and when he sees Dre and he walks up and he immediately codes himself as a black person again it's also fascinating to watch all of that and then kind of take that into my own life and be like yeah I totally know what it's like to be the only minority in a room but my difference is I can just like decide when I want to bring it up or decide when it's going to be yeah. a problem but sure. it is it's a horrific feeling and one that we're so used to that we don't even think about anymore but but it's we have to be careful not to speak out of both sides of our mouth right because I think the most important takeaway the last five years is that white privilege is not something that people are people are pushing as much as it just exists the the place i've been most successful with getting white friends to understand their the problem of them is when i say to them you're you're mad that i'm trying to say you're using white privilege what i'm saying is is that the world is set up for you to do to be considered the standard the world is created right, for you to be. Is. That's where our privilege is. But they like to spin that narrative. But if you look at that more, if you let white people look at that more as like, okay, I can see that beyond myself. I mean, you're, Marissa's rolling her eyes for the listening audience. It goes a long way to making sure everybody understands that it's a problem. I'm not doing it to um, to let people off the hook as much to make to maybe potentially build a bridge to make people understand. The world is set up for what the white person to be the norm. Blacks, Latinos, women, LGBT yeah, community all, all feel that different. Mm -hmm. And that different is 
it's the movie succeeds most profoundly in making that different be the protagonist point of view, and that's as much the work of Jordan Peele's camera as it is as, as it is, and, yeah. and it is the actors in that film. Oh my I god, tell you, so good! Single, and you, yeah. I think you said that to me, I like did. every actor in this film. Yeah, I texted yeah. her and I said <laughs> every actually, and I did it, and my note is also for for us. I literally have the note that he is like between Jordan Peele and whoever his casting director is. <laughs> right. They just so good. Every, it, like everything they touch is gold. Yeah. Every single actor in all of these movies, these films. like yeah. holy crap! Even the little kids. Oh my god! Even so the good. little kids mm-hmm. and us like blew me away. So good playing so two good. roles too. Yeah. 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 Um, and the, the, to me, there's I, and this is the English teacher in me, but like I love all of the symbolism and thematic layering. Like when he's like, "Oh, those deer, they're like rats infestating us." Like how that's obviously the the white racist talking about racism. Like everything yeah. is so poignant, and I just don't think it's accidental. I think no, it's really have I did. I, this is the first watch for me for Get Out, but I knew enough about the movie. Actually, I, I you know I spoiled it for myself just from talking about it with other people. I knew the plot. So knowing that, that whole beginning when Bradley Whitford is giving him the tour of the house, like everything that comes out of his mouth has a double meaning. The basement is sealed because of the black mold. And yeah, yeah. We don't do this or yeah, the, the thing. Oh my God, the everything. Like yeah. everything that comes Same out of his must. mouth has that double meaning. That right. like if you had, if you were completely ignorant of the plot, you wouldn't think anything of it. Exactly. But knowing what he's saying, it's just... Oh, it's, it's the worst. And you know what? And and it's one of those things where it's like, am I uncomfortable because this is so effective? Or am I uncomfortable as a white person recognizing like the atrocity? Right. And either, right? either like, way, it's effective. Yeah, though, right, right. right. It's not that he says it that's what's scary. It's not even that Chris is so uncomfortable that's scary. Mm-hmm. It's that Chris just expects that this, this is, is our for the yep. course yeah. of being there. Yep. And that's that's a really tough point Build to come across, right? People. I think and, so too. And no horror movie, oh, no sci-fi movie, no movie of any genre has ever so effectively yeah. articulated that point. Mm-hmm. It's not the phrasing. Right. It's not the character. It's, the commonality it's not even that he's uncomfortable. It's that, that that's exactly what he knew he was walking into. Right. And he's got to navigate that world. And you want, if you're watching it from a place of like, where you're trying to create a more progressive world and you mm-hmm. don't want that to exist, you're screaming out about, oh my God, nobody sees this. But I wonder... That's just a reality. I wonder though. what you come, how you come to this movie if you don't feel that way. I, I know, like, how does a racist watch that? Like, that's, I wish I could have found, like, I, I wish I could go outside and be like, hey, racist friends, come here, I want you to watch this film. Because right. I swear to God, I think it's a completely different experience. Or is it that them. they just don't watch it? Are they that racist? Because they're fine. Well, that was going to be my question too. For someone who is racist to watch this movie, I mean, the whole point of this movie—not the whole point, but the, the 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 plot point—is decrepit old white people can basically be transferred into the younger, <laughs> when new When she calls them grandma and grandpa, I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, like, but every so, time. so would a racist <laughs> really enjoy the fact that like? you're born again into a better body and that better body is a person of color. I'm so glad you brought that up because I want to talk about some of the thinking in this film that people I like think of, of like us think is 
is antiquated and people don't believe anymore, but really they do. Because as someone who's in the psychology field, there is no field more freaking racist with its history. So freaking problematic. Um, and I love that, well, first of all, the silver spoon as the, the symbol, right? Like how brilliant. Yeah, and misogynistic but, too, right? To be fair. Oh, a hundred, yeah. right. Oh God, yeah, yeah. And and so problematic to any minorities yeah. in, in any way, LGBTQs, all of them. So she's using the spoon, she's doing the hypnotherapy, which is problematic psychology to begin with, but then to then couple in all of this, like frenetics and this idea of like the biologically superior and you're good, you must be good at sports and you're a really good runner. And if you notice when she's on her computer, she's looking at the NCAA drafts for that year. And uh, did you see Key with one of them? Yeah. <laughs> and like, it's, it, and he was definitely, I feel like his head was photoshopped onto a body, which made it even more amazing. And I also think Rod is such a needed comedic relief. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, He's a good character. It is a great character. I like because he's like, I'm the TSA. We and it's interesting that he's a TSA agent. Right, yeah, yeah. There's so much fun to be picked apart there. But in a way, it's also like poking fun at just that trope of the black friend. A hundred percent. Like the the you know, which uh, like that shit is whack. Like like like, the token. Like sort of like uh most effectively done as Dave Chappelle in the Tom Hanks movie. Correct. (laughs) What like why can't I remember what that's called? You know what I'm talking about, though, yeah, right? Yeah, like, the, just the... Yeah, right. Put like it in when you realize it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, go ahead. Sorry. It's no. bothering you not to remember the movie. No, it's the bookstore. Yeah, yeah, what the heck? Is, you got mail. You got yeah, mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's, <laughs> a, it's a shop around the corner, really. Right, a shop around the corner. Yeah, okay. So, like Dave Chappelle in that movie. Right, right. Um, so, but, but using it... Also, too, because he saves the day, and it just—I I loved that. Me too. I, and you I know, right. subverting and that. And when it's the siren, and then he pulls up, you're so excited because you know if that's the real police should like when she's like help, help. You're like, oh shit, the yeah, police are here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, from like 15 minutes before that, I was like, this is gonna end with the cops coming. And no one's gonna believe yeah. him. Yeah, right. It's, I mean, I it, felt that for sure. It's brilliant that he doesn't make that choice. It's brilliant that he trusts us to know that that's our reality. We don't need, you know. But he—he like, he almost did though, right? Isn't that right, the story? Right. Right. No, he. Go, I thought he went to jail, and Rod comes. Rod's still trying to put the story together, and he tells Rod to let it go. And it's supposed to be like that. This is that you just goes on. Right. You're not going to Right, and I think he felt correctly the, uh, like sorry, the world needed, needed the something team. else. Yeah. Well, he said. He said. You know what's funny? He said that he wrote the first ending in the Obama administration, and then when when the Trump error happened, he was like, I needed to change it. Because I didn't, in Trump's America, it's not what we needed. And how sad a truth is that? That literally, the more correct ending, the more like thematically true ending was just too much in this bananas world we live in. Which that brings it to the point that you were, you said earlier, because in the car he said that uh, both Get Out and Us take a turn for like sci-fi that makes him not like the movie. And I, what I said was that he does that to make it more entertaining and a movie that will get popular because it's the difference between a movie like let the right one in which we just watched we just watched (laughs) which i would take a movie like once upon a time in hollywood over a let the right one in any day because to me it's more entertaining and that's more the kind of movie i would want to watch Okay, and I'm gonna need you to get out. No, but he, oh, I like what you did there. But but Charlie is a really smart fifteen-year-old, uh, right? So like, he's trying his best to even entertain. Let the right one in, but he gets bored. He doesn't get bored at Jordan Peele movies, and so I think his point is that Jordan Peele knows he has to like transcend a certain level of because I know all my friends love the Jordan Peele movies. 
and my friends would fall asleep at Let the Right One In. But I, oh, they they we. But a lot of your friends also don't come from the same background, like social right? background as us. Like, mm-hmm. and they I'm would, curious. Yeah, to they, see no, all my friends are you know football playing, white, basketball playing right? white kids. Right. And they all love they to are the, get out. They are us. the white males that we like. That someone like me is going to spend my whole life. But but he's that. but he's kind of showing you what we're saying. He's showing right. you what they those love people, these movies. They we don't go into it saying but we're he, racist, and so we don't but understand. But how this are movie. they? Like I'm curious. Let me pick your brain here. They love these movies for the entertainment value. Yes. Like they think this is a casual watch. No, they don't. Think no, they it's get a casual it. Watch. They get it, but they also like this. Is what I'm saying about Jordan Peele is that he does both. It's a good movie. It's an right. entertaining movie to I watch. Okay. Both Us is scary and Get Out is really cool. Yeah. Get, the, the story of Get Out without all of this that you guys are mentioning is they're both cool, fun movies to watch. So you're even, someone like Death. Even Dad, someone like Death watches <laughs> it and, and was he can entertained barely, by it yeah. and kept his attention. But he didn't, I didn't think he got any of the racism. Or that it was just the entertainment of this movie this film, yeah. that kept him occupied. And that's why Jordan Peele He's more Latino than any of us. Right. <laughs> I'm serious. It doesn't make you safe know. from being a racist. Marissa, the, listen, and this is going to get us phone calls and emails. Jesus. Some of the most racist people we know are, are you know, immigrant and sons and daughters of immigrant friends. No, 100%. I, I especially like, and I'm going to say, like, there are entire Facebook groups for Cubans for Trump. I'm not going to deny it. Oh my like, God. Yeah. Cubans, oh, are, yeah. Cubans, Cubans are, are we can say it because we are, it. we are awful. Right. A lot of us are awful. We are awful. Like, Abuelita hated everybody, but Mexican. Cubans are white people. And they're Republican. <laughs> Basically, I get it. Republican. I do. I know. I just, it's, it's just that it's, it's pervasive. Almost and every Cuban I know is Republican except for. Except for us. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> us. Get us. us. All right. Was that the segue? I don't know. Uh, uh, actually, there is one more. I do want to talk a little bit to the sunken place and the, like, the horror mm-hmm. of getting put in a, in a world where you see everything that's happening and you feel completely powerless against it. Because I think the sunken place is one of the most beautiful metaphors I've seen for a minute. And I have been personally struggling with living in the burbs and feeling very like the, the worst people are empowered right now. And it's very scary. And it's very, uh, it's a really tough time to be a very feminist a my Latino minority living in the burbs. And I don't know if you've been feeling this too, um, but yeah, upper township. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's just like this idea of living in the sunken place. Like sometimes I feel like I am living in the sunken place because I see all this happening around me and you feel so powerless against it. And when you do try to fight it, oftentimes you lose those battles or you lose friends or you lose things that are valuable to you. And, and it does. It's like, I really love the beautiful metaphors in this film and it, it bums me out to think it like to me this will never feel like a movie I casually watch which I you're right it's so entertaining I know what you guys are saying and I think it's an important beautiful point to make but like to me this film is harder to watch than let the right one in because it's so poignantly reminds me of everything that's wrong and and it's the scariest thing in the world right now especially in but this moment of black lives matter that's the way you're viewing it yeah. 100%. not everyone walks into that movie I, I yeah. just happened upon that movie yeah yeah, I mean, not even knowing it was not in, in the horror because you know me, I wouldn't watch it. No, like, oh my god! And not to take away anything right. that the movie says, but not for nothing, it's not a documentary. It's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm serious. No, you're right. You're it, right. Is, it is a movie. It is. It's, it's in the entertainment sphere. Yeah. So it's like, but again, not to take away anything because sometimes some of the most powerful messages have come from 
not entertaining true. movies, you know? Yeah. And yeah. there's, I think there's two, no, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say that I disagree that I could watch Get Out tomorrow and not feel so like, you know, all the like guilt of the like social spam because a lot of it is both, you know, like it's really cool and scary that, oh no, there's going to be a white person in your brain. They're going to cut me open and put a white person inside of me or, and it's all, and, but then that also has the like racial and social standpoint. And also like the sunken place is really scary, you know, like, oh, I'm inside my own brain. There's just I'm nothing here, yeah. you know, and that's. While that also has has to do with everything you were talking about, about being powerless and people being in power, it's also a cool, like, scary thing to watch without thinking about that. So it's a cool one to watch, but it, for you, I guess it's not as much. No, no, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I see your point. It's a damn good film. Like, you know. To, to what Jackie's saying, too, is that you know, when Jackie says it's not a documentary, we have to remember that, like... <laughs> This can't be the hand by which Jordan Peele is unraveled because now he is being called upon to stand up as the progressive hero of cinema and make these movies that are constantly holding these huge truths. Because that's a big burden for anybody to have to to stand up to, right? He's, I mean, does I don't it, know. It's still a genre to me. Like nobody takes horror that seriously. Oh, does I don't it make know. him like the token director? Does it make him everything we're trying yeah, to like trying yeah. to not have anymore? But isn't that always the problem, right? Hundred yeah. percent. Because like, in, and in a way, like, what drove me crazy about that movie, what I like the best about it, is that the white people are so obviously already winning. They're already in charge, and mm -hmm. it's just not enough for them, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like. And it's this particular group of people who are just like rich right. and captains of their, their, their industries, but still they have to continue to annex more than just it. They've already owned the culture. They already own the psychology mm -hmm. of it. But they, but it's not enough. Now I need your body too. Right. I need yeah. to also right. take I your body in the way. And so it was just this so consummate like right. eating of everything. And I don't think you, I don't think you necessarily have to be black, Latino, female, LGBTQ to feel the pain of like, they're going to eat everything. I think you just yeah, have to be middle class. Consumption of yeah, like, I, I think anybody in the middle class feels that. Right? Wasn't there in the movie The Body Snatchers? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was remade like 17 times. Right. Um, but whatever. Um, I still want to say though, every, I, when he makes that move towards sci-fi, he loses me. Even in Get Out, less so than in Us, and I know we're going to talk about it in Us, but even in Get Out, when the movie went towards the, like, process and the medical, like, removal, there was a, something about the, like, personal fear that went away a little bit in the movie. And just as from a horror movie standpoint, I did not like that part. I'm not saying it hurt the movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I think that it's still a very good movie. I think it's still a very important movie, but I, I liked less that move. Me too. When we were just well, in the I head like of. less the second, the second and third act. Yeah, of these right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, both, the both films. Um, short of Red's speeches, <laughs> because they they're just halting. Right. But um, yeah, and then the last thing you can get out, I want to talk about is just the danger of the fake ally again, because like I feel like even when people you really think are on, and I hate to say on our side, but I am going to posit it as a, because there are sides, whether we like it or not, at this point. Like, J.K. Rowling broke my heart. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you are a white feminist. You're supposed to... Dude, you created Harry Potter. You're supposed to have our backs. And then you double down on the notion of gender from your position of white privilege. I know you weren't always a white privileged woman, but now you are. And now you're telling certain people... What they can and cannot be and identify I, as. I know, but and but cancel culture is going to be our undoing, Marissa. Like I, I'm not. Listen, don't oh, mishear me as I'm, go there. I'm not putting up. To, I'm not. 
defending J.K. Rowling. Do you believe me? Look me in the eyes. No, don't I don't believe you because you're going to shit on cancel culture. I am not defending J.K. Rowling, but cancel culture is going to be our No, I'm not saying I'm going to burn my Harry Potter shit. I still absolutely <laughs> will be a huge Harry Potter fan until I die. But she needs to shut the fuck up. Agreed. And we need to tell her that. Agreed. But we got to be <laughs> careful with how <laughs> much JK, we make. Call me. We gotta, we gotta oh, be. Just burn me. <laughs> we gotta be careful how much we make people afraid to talk. We gotta be careful exactly. with how much we because the only answer to this is communication. The only answer to this is forcing out the implicit racism by people feeling comfortable engaging in a dialogue about why they're doing it because a lot of the worst racists don't know they are Correct. or are able to present a facade in which they can make the world believe they don't know they right. are. And either way, the answer of rooting that out is not, hey, shut up. The answer to reading that out is tell us what you're thinking and then we'll tell you why we're wrong and then it's going to be okay. Because if it's not, not okay, okay, she's going to, she, it wasn't okay. She doubled down. So how Yeah, do you I know. No, you're right. I'm not defending her. Exactly. But how I'm not defending her. When she they doubled down. She blew it. I'm not defending no, 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 her. But she that's what it. I'm saying. They're all blowing it. They're doubling down. Tarantino's the same damn way. I know. You're He's right. doubling down on his misogynistic problematic bullshit. So I no, I am going to make a movie. I agree. I'm going to cancel him. I felt like I couldn't enjoy that movie as much because of it. And that's a, Kill, that's a problem. And listen, what? I love Kill Bill. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right. sorry. I don't care. The movies are so good. You see, he disagrees. So he thinks good. I'm being crazy. Well, and you know what? My whole, my whole so problem good. with that is... I don't, who cares about all the when problematic When you've got history? somebody that like, does something fucked up. The man can make a movie. When you've got somebody that does something so fucked up. <laughs> and, you know, we can't watch Rosemary's Baby because... And I, you know I love that movie. To that is, you know, yeah, the you know, you really? can't you can't watch something. It my problem with that is, yes, we need to vilify the villains. I am a hundred percent behind it, but I don't think that I will stop watching a movie because of that. Because you know what, Polanski is a dirtball. He's the worst. But, but, the, was, but that's a good the, ass movie. The movie, the movie's so much more <laughs> than him. He He's the worst. A, but if he made a movie today. I'd say fuck it, I'm not going to He wouldn't be able money. to, and that's how we know we're making progress. Yeah, right. well, but really? Because the guy who made Jeepers Creepers made Jeepers, 3, Jeepers Creepers 3 through uh, Okay, I don't ago. know who that. I don't okay. know who that. That but... guy literally molested the children on the set of Jeepers Creepers. But when was Jeepers Creepers? It, Wait, it, why did you pick such a hard movie to say? When did, <laughs> <laughs> when did Jeepers Creepers 3 Jeepers come out? Creeper 3 Keeper, came out. Keeper 3 in the young yard. Seriously, though. No, it came out a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. I would hope that Roman Polanski wouldn't be allowed to make a movie. You're way more optimistic than I am. I think Roman Polanski makes a movie today. My point with that is you're taking away from every actor, writer, grip. I agree with Jack. You have to separate the art from the artist. No, wrong, wrong. And here's why. You're wrong. I'm missing my truck. Go ahead. Wrong. Tell me why. Here's why. I am best boy group number three. Okay. I want a job. Am I going to work for the guy who molests children? Nah. Am I going to get take a job building the Death Star? Nah, son. I'm not. Because no. you have now to Now you're being optimistic. See, because you're talking no. about things well, that are happening. The economy you're, you're is going to win. About I'm talking about today. Right. No, we're not I'm, talking about We're not that. talking okay, about no, today. No, I agree with you guys. We're on the same page here. I'm absolutely going to watch Rosemary's Baby. Mia Farrow fucking lo- right. lost all, so many things in her life for that film. Yeah. But I'm Frank Sinatra. Fuck him. Fuck him far too. But he makes great music. Fuck you and your Frank Sinatra. Fuck you and your... Your shitty way of divorcing her. Um, 
I literally, like, don't say either you quit the movie or you divorce me and then send her the papers while she's But in the she didn't, the though. Thank God, no, right? She, she Thank told God. Me to go right, fuck yeah. right? So, but that's a win. And that's a part of the story of that movie it's as an well. an important part of the narrative. Sure. I am not saying to cancel. Like, I love Kill Bill. I will watch those movies yeah, any day Kill of the Bill, week. But go ahead. Of course you do. Um, any day of the week. But. When it comes to a new Tarantino, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take pause before us. And listen, I'll admit I went to see it. I didn't want to, but I went to see it because Matt really wanted to see the new Tarantino because Matt was saying the same we thing. He's it. a great filmmaker. Right. But at the end of the day, no, I'm not giving these people money. I'm not giving them a position to speak through. Listen, J.K. Rowling puts out a new book. I'm probably do I buy it? I don't know. No, you're I, not. No, nah, probably not. You're not. But she needs to. But she that's needs also because she hasn't done anything good. But yeah, go like JK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. like, like all I'm trying to say is that moving forward, why give these assholes a spot, a, a, a voice, when we could give them to people who aren't complete scumbags? Because Marissa, you are often not at a table that you're at right now. I love you for your militants. I love you because you're right. But you're never going to win the middle that way. You're never I'm gonna sick win the of middle. Trying to, look no, we where, have to, look though, where trying to win the middle has to. gotten us. Look right. At, look at 2020. No, that I say I disagree with you. I think we got here because people are scared. Bullshit. And we got here because the, the we white supremacists tried to find the middle. The white supremacists are always gonna gonna be scared. But the when the middle gets scared, we lose them. And we can't. But we didn't scare them. We, no, we, we didn't, didn't scare them. them. I'm not saying so we did. So now we have to try to even so we try to play in the middle. That's all we ever do for I'm not, the underprivileged. You're putting you're putting words in my mouth. I didn't say play in the middle. I said if you make people feel as if they can't be part of a conversation, and then if they can't, if you make people feel as if they can't say something wrong, and then come out of it, they're never going to speak. And if they never speak, we don't win. That's my point. But then you're, but then you're basically villainizing me for, be, for no, being no, this no. dirty word of no, no, no. I'm not villainizing you. What I'm saying is that if you're right, so at least you got that right. Like I'm on no, your I side because you're right. right. Want to be right? I want like I, I want the. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. I <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm sure you're right, but, but no one's gonna listen, right? If no, I'm saying that you have to make people speak and be wrong to make them see what's wrong. And I'm gonna say the only people who can do that are people with a position of privilege. Yeah, it's probably no true. one's it's gonna not listen. An easy Joey, they'll listen to you. They won't listen to me uh, because I'm a crazy broad and you're a male. And so there's so many layers to this where I agree with you. I'm always trying to win people in the middle. That's our hope here. But I think the more the crazy pushes, the more militant they get, the more they win. And we just sit around going, well, we need to just be more moderate and we need to be more this and that. I'm done with that jazz. I'm done with that noise. There's a reason why Get Out literally starts with Stay Woke by Childish Gambino. Because that's exactly what we need to do right now is stay woke. Like it is no time to rest on our laurels. We're going to have a civil war soon. It's not us. We were woke before we woke was have, a word. But we don't have the choice. And guess what? They've got all the weapons. They've got all the power. So good luck to all of us. But you keep saying, let's just try to talk them down and give them a voice. Nah, I'm done with that. I don't know. I don't know but, if, it's, if it's fair because I'm not sure that's what I said. What I think I said was, if people are afraid to talk, progress more. And I, I right, think, you're right. I think the problem is you moved the conversation to a social level, which then I don't know if I agree with what I say. <laughs> what I'm, you know what I mean? Well, like, what level do you agree yeah. What I'm talking like about is person to person is that if mom's a racist, mom's okay, racist. mom is not a racist mom for the record, <laughs> but if mom was a racist and she was afraid at this table that we would cancel her for saying the wrong thing, she might be less prone to make the statement that we could be like, no, you you're not looking at that right because you're not seeing I, this. This is great. I agree because we had a conversation just sitting in the garage with some neighbors. And the person who was the most racist of the group then 
felt like she should not say Shut anything. down, right. Shut down completely. Shut her and down. And did not want to say Shut anything. her ass down. See, that's but what then what happened? She goes, <laughs> she goes she and becomes the fringe. She already is. She finds she allies is. in the other side. No, she's... <laughs> oh, Malcolm. When are you going to see the picture of... But you're, you were the wave of feminists that came before me. Yeah. Y'all weren't temperate. Y'all weren't moderate. No. You weren't like, no, we listen, men. Let us... Please, if you just understand our point, but that, you no one's asking it. you to do that. That's what you're hearing. I'm saying that in the garage, that person, if they felt like they could bring it up, might have learned something. I don't think. I think you're giving that person a little too much credit at this moment. What at choice this moment, do we have? We're not changing their mind. He's, he went back to his house. He's still a racist. But you think you would have changed his mind in that it moment? It might have taken one step, Marissa. Listen, it's basic rhetoric. It's basic psychology, right? You can't change an action until you change a belief, which is which is. Be lied by an, an attitude. And the only path to changing actions are altering beliefs that are that are led by attitudes. A, a, a systematic and continual attack of someone's attitude might change a belief, and that belief then could change an action. Why do you think things are so violent right now, though? Because the world's you... so effed up. It's so bad. Yeah. It's become political. It's too political. It's too political. I'm sorry. All right, let's get back. Let's get back. We Brad call all that out. DiCaprio in the uh, same I movie. Need... <laughs> The same movie. That. <laughs> That's true. That's the true. Same movie. I saw, the same I saw movie. that. I was like, oh shit, Quentin, what are you doing? Part of you was like, oh, come on. They're so good. I know. They are in the same movie. All right, let's get back to the films. Back to the films. Um, Jackie, segue us into Us. All right, so his next film is called Us. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Segue. <laughs> Jackie, I just want a jingle for you, Jackie, so bad. That's all I want. That's all I want out of this. Yeah, so um, so my favorite thing about us is now I'm going to tell you to kiss my anus from now on. I love that. The, all, those were my children. That potty mouth oh my god! my homie. Yeah. No, I was like, anus. this is my life. Jen turned to me at the first 15 minutes of, of us and goes, the dad is you. The dad is you. I was like, yep, probably. Yeah, I can play. just got to watch the last five minutes of no, the year. Nobody understands me. I'm so much You're funnier than I get credit for. Dude, uh, I'm so much funnier than I get credit for. I, I loved the dad. No, I, I was like, I've never seen myself on screen more perfectly. That's because Jordan Peele probably wrote himself. He did. I said that. I said that was Jordan Peele. I think think that he should have just like sucked it up and started his own movie. No one's gonna say anything about it because you're. Yeah, I love that he's not doing it, Jackie. But I think that like his direction was like it was like WWJD. You know, like what would Jordan do? When when Lupita's really mad, but then she switches the radio and the gangster rap goes on. He just starts rapping like nothing happened. Jordan's like, this is like my life. I'm watching my life. It's true. Because you will start singing when I'm so mad at you. But then she but then she starts rapping. Too, you can't help it. That's us too. My favorite line of the movie, though, of all the great lines in this film, is when she looks at him and she's like, "You're not in charge anymore because he's, he's so never been terrible." In yeah. But he's also he never tried. been in charge. I love and speaking to Cody, I, and this would be you too. I love when he goes outside the first time. He's like, "Hey, everybody, yeah, uh, do you need help? Right, right, right. Do you need help?" And then the second time, he tries to be bat. all hard. Give me my bat. Is like yeah, my so life. I have a bat. I have I a bat. I'm like, give me my bat. Kind of the wooden and I think that's going to save us from that what I don't know. Yeah. And I love when he's like, and then the bat, he, the guy uses the bat again, so maybe laughs so I'm like, I know, that goes right out the door. Oh my God. 
So what I love about this movie is so, you know, you've got the family and then suddenly like these clones essentially show up and, you know, there's this little warfare that goes on. Marissa and I were talking about it earlier and we both have two very different views. Yeah. Um, because I, well, she, um, well, I'm not going to put the words in. I'm going to let you. So I had said that for me, watching this movie, you know, what, what it means to have, you know, these duplicates, my whole take on it, and again, maybe we are going to play the race card and maybe it is because I'm white, but I said that I see this movie as you are your own worst enemy. Mm. It's your own, you know, duality. Yeah, um, that's definitely You there. know, that that's kind of how I was seeing this movie. But I know that you took it in a, a different way. So you're totally, uh, according to Jordan Peele, your reading is so much more spot on than mine. He has gone to great lengths to be like, I just want, like, I'm, I wish I could just make a movie where there's a black family as the, the center of the movie, the protagonist, without it being some big social commentary. Yeah. Which, again, like, to me, I'm like, well, th- you can't, so I'm going to have fun with it anyway. <laughs> but you're right. He did, he wanted, he was inspired by the um, Twilight Zone episode called Mirror Image. He wanted it to be more of a sci-fi feel than a horror feel. And he very much wanted it to just be a film about the scariness of duality and about... But I, I do think it transgressed into so much more than that, whether he meant it, whether it was a happy accident, whatever. Um, and I think that part of he, what he needs to do, he's going to keep putting all this delicious like symbolism and like Jeremiah 11, 11 and all this other stuff in there. I, we are going to have our fun with it. Um, and it's a, to me, it's the better of the two films. I oh, like I agree. Better. What? I Us? know. Yeah. yeah. I know. Is it a better film than Get Out? Yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's perfect. Like, I just love it. I loved it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think and I have to admit, the first out. time I watched it, I was like, meh. And then I watched it again, and I was like, holy walk, okay. holy, this film. Okay. I I thought that the first act was just yeah. amazing. And but so then well I don't, there's a moment specifically. Well, so first of all, I'm curious to see I love the thriller. Oh my God, I was so excited. Um, I loved so all the 80s-ness yeah. of the beginning. Oh my God. Everything. And it's like instant nostalgia for me. But. Because it felt like seaside. Did you the movies on the shelf too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chud, Chud and Goonies, and, and, Goonies and they're yeah. all like symbolic. And National Life Foods Animal House. <laughs> totally awesome. Also, the scene where she walks away um, at the boardwalk mm-hmm. and she looks up at the roller coaster and she remembers the faces mm-hmm. of the people. And I think anybody who's ever gotten lost as a kid, mm-hmm. that slow that feeling, motion, yeah. like running through water feeling of like everything happening around you in such a significant way. I still to this day remember getting lost in Seaside and I can remember seeing the stands and like what was in them and like crying. I remember the couple that came when I was crying and like took me to the I remember that couple clearly, like with such clarity. So to me, the the shooting of that scene was just amazing. There's a moment when they're in the house and she's not turning to her husband and he's shooting it just so brilliantly. He's shooting her reflection through the window and she says, she's coming to get me. Mm -hmm. And at that moment I like gasped and I wanted to like pause the movie and and say, holy crap, this is the movie I've waited for my whole life where it's all about the fact that you are coming to get you Mm -hmm. in every frightening way that that exists. The way you're your own worst enemy, the way you're your own, you're the antagonist, your own protagonist and vice versa. And I was so pumped. And that movie never came. That really? Instead, uh, what came was a really cool movie about Inception. It was a really cool it, movie about he tried insurrection. To change, yeah. But he's almost too tempted by 
by like those sci-fi. The things at his fingertips. Agree. And I wish he hadn't gone as far into the rabbit hole of the of the tethered people's life as yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been a better film without that. But um, yeah, they were not nearly as interesting as the actual characters he created. I disagree with that because with Red, when she, when we first see her, when she first starts talking, the whole line, I was like, okay, cool. She's like creepy, oh, she's so like good. underground, like she's got that like crazy look in her eye and whatever. The voice, which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then when it's revealed why her voice sounds like that, it like blew my mind. Why does her voice sound like that? Because she, when she, she was a little girl, yeah. she, she got strangled she by strangled. her mother. Yeah. By the other one. She's the, the original the, girl. Yeah, the tethered one strangles her. Oh. And, and between being strangled and then being underground for so long, Look, where really no one else is using their voice. That's oh. why her voice is right. That's why she <laughs> can talk. Yes. yes. No that's one why she can talk. She, talk. Right. she, she was the other mother. one. But be careful, because as soon as you say she was the good one, then you get she into the point right. of the movie is that it is. Who is the good one? Yeah. He's not the good one. She was the yeah, so she was the original. She was the original. So when things like that happen, when the twist started coming, you were into it. I was really into it. I was just like, oh, that makes so much sense. Jackie, you saw that coming. I know, I know. you saw that I, coming. Do, I, I never I, see that. Yeah, shit she coming. said she didn't see it coming. I never Dude, see that. Dude, way shit before coming. they got in, the, and when they got in the car at Tim Heidecker's house. Who, by the way, I love that Tim Heidecker's in this movie. Oh my god, and Might have been Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Yeah. yeah, Elizabeth Moss, amazing, amazing white actresses to, and actors to play the the supporting roles speaks so far. Well, that's too, but also because uh, Jen was like, "Well, that other," I'm like, "Where's the other family?" She's like, "They're gone." I'm like, "It's Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, they're, they're not gone." I think that speaks to the progress we're making when you can get two really fucking good actors to play the supporting role yeah. in that film because Elizabeth Moss is one of the best actresses right now. And yeah, but also Tim Heidecker is like the most cerebral, right, like, right. up performance so art comedian cool. out right, there. Right, right. So whatever. But yeah. But I saw when they got in the car at their house, I was like, oh, she's yeah. the other one. Yeah. And then yeah. I feel like as soon as you do that, you're like, why? Okay, they all they saw was Hands Across America. Well, so like, I love the Hands Across America. I get that. Yeah. Well, only because we were alive for that. No. If you were alive for that, you don't know what that is. Well, I and no, but that's I the love, last thing she saw on the TV I, in the beginning. I know, I know, but here's why I love it. And again, this is me reading way too much into stuff that I probably shouldn't. How? Okay, six point five. I looked it up. Six point five million people in America participated in that bullshit, right? Do you remember doing that at school? Yeah. You yeah, do? Wasting do you time. remember doing that at wasting school? Wasting my yeah. time to go hands, do you guys remember that? hands with people. Okay. Yeah. What a bunch of bullshit. Can't do that anymore. <laughs> no, six feet, bro. What a bunch of bull. Like 6.5 million people hold hands because it's so useless and pointless and it does nothing to actually help anything. And it's so perfect that that's what she gets them all to do because it's just useless. Like it's, but, but what I love is she gets them to do it and they do it better than we did. Because right. in 1986, we didn't really yeah. get Hands Across no. America. And at okay, the end of the movie, no, you we do it without Hands Across America. But that's what I'm saying. We obviously couldn't do it, but you see at the end, yeah, they like, are the people, they're holding hands over mountain terrain. Like, yeah, not only did they do it, but they did it better than we got Which together. is, I think, a poignant, like, a, yeah. an important part if you read it as a social commentary. And yeah. so, anyway, I definitely think that, like, um... Well, first of all, I loved the scene on the beach because it, to me, is is how we so many people feel like 
All right, well, so the Jeremiah 1111 thing is brilliant, right? Because yeah. the Jeremiah 1111 thing basically is like, we're not, we're not going to help you. You know, like, you are you want help. You think I'm here to help you. I'm not. You're screwed. Um, and I think that it shows up all through the film. It's, well, to crash into, it's like an angry Jesus. It right? is. Oh, yeah. It's an angry, you wanna, you angry praise, God. You want to praise your false God. Right. Well, I mean, look well, at guess the things. What? You're, look at what we're worshiping today. We're worshiping this. We're worshiping, right. you know... We're on a podcast on the internet, but right. the internet is <laughs> what we're worshiping. Please don't put your phone yeah. down. Yeah. To keep listening. Keep, right. you know, keep bowing down to us. But like, there's so much like this. Basically, and 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 it's like you, the prophet, telling them this that they're screwed, right? And I think red I comes. What? Jeremiah 11, yeah. 11. It's um, drop me with it. Yeah, it's therefore thus says the Lord: Behold, I am bringing disaster on them, which they will not be able to escape. Though they will cry to me, yet I will not listen to them. Yeah word and and i i love it because it's basically like you're screwed and you deserve it and i think that so for me i took it as the the shadow people right as she calls them the speech about like you know and you got the good stuff and i got you know when you got delicious hot meals we got the cold rabbit when you got praised we got beat all that stuff like it is race relations in america and the us is every American who enjoys a, a position of privilege. And the them, the tethered, the other is minorities. And we have watched them continue to get everything wonderful while they we get the polar opposite. And so to me, this notion of when she says we're Americans is so poignant. Everything that comes out of Red's mouth to me is such a poignant statement on minority minorities position in America, no matter what minority you are, but especially black at this moment, because basically like, and just what his direction just blows my mind. Even everything down to like the music choice in all these films to me, is just so flawless and good. And like, basically like anybody who's not in that position of privilege, whatever that may be. And I do agree with you. That's more of a class thing than a color thing. Cause I'm going to talk to that in a minute. I think having it be a black family, but also a black family that very much lives a very white life, dare I say, is, and she's aware, she's cognizant of it. And I don't know if she's cognizant of it because she's technically a person from the other side, but I think it's, they are very much living a life. And this is deep down. I think Jordan Peele was exploring some of his own guilt at this point. It's, it's not deep down though. And I'll, I'll let you continue. I'm just yeah. going to add to you. They're still chasing the white family, despite their their yeah, obvious position right, of privilege, right, right. right? So here's but a she's black. She's annoyed by the fact that they're he's not. Here's a black family of of, of seemingly tremendous privilege with right. a lake house and a right. boat and they're, a butt. Right. Also, you can't help but wonder how they got there, right. because you look at them in the '80s and you're like, oh, they look like a normal family. Listen to me saying normal. Right. I'm the even being unfair were, right, right. because they seem like middle class family in the '80s, right. and now they're obviously right. an upper right. class family. He was wearing the Howard uh, right. sweater at one point, sweater, right. which I think is supposed right. to be like a clue to that. Right, that to their but level it, of... But Jordan Peele's full of crap because he's definitely chasing that. 100%. Because the Howard t-shirt makes me think that. The fact that you put the other white family in there and yep. Tim Heidecker's all full of this advice. Oh, I bet you don't have a flare. And, and that's... I know. Then yeah, he, yeah. he's going to kill he him with the, the flare. flare right. But the flare fails. Right. It's not... So to, as if to say he's there's fallacy right. in that. Exactly. Pursuit. Right. And there's guilt in it, too, right. that I think Jordan Peele, even if he doesn't want to admit to himself, is, and I don't know about, about you, but I feel that all the time. Like, I feel, like, guilty when I take advantage of the fact that I could look white. 
I feel guilty all the time about it. Because I really think if my skin tone was like two shades darker, or if my accent was just still a little thicker, life would be different for me. And I, I, I constantly am plagued with that, that realization of like, even though I am far from living a good life, even though I am very smack in the middle to lower middle class, I don't, I don't, I still feel like this certain privilege and this guilt from it and this guilt of having passed and the guilt of being a minority posing in white America. And I think that this film does a really good job of kind of playing with that trope through the characters. And I also think that like, I'm gonna totally agree with you that once it gets to that second act and like they're going into the the, the tunnels and all that other stuff, I, the, he loses me a little bit because I, I way more enjoyed just the conversation. The scene in the living room to me is just flawless. But so so let's focus on that scene for a second. But And I do wanna to get to how much I did not enjoy the underground tunnel aspect, but the the scene in the, in the living room, I I will admit to you, was is very intriguing. But partly because I thought it was going to be about a more individual thematic like which presence, Jack, right, which Jack we're facing yeah. our own duality, we're facing our own demons. The line "We're Americans" was so jarring to me. Yeah, it felt so out of place, and I'm going to admit that I didn't I didn't wrap my head around it the first time. So I went back and I rewound it because I was watching it on a disc, which is novel these days. But I rewound it and I watched that part again, and, I, and then I thought I got the fact that he was saying like, We're all it so did right. seem like a call to social revolution. Yeah, me too. It did. That's what I but, take from this film. But I came out of the film at that point, like, huh. even though I thought it was cool and I could see what he was doing. It was no longer a scare. I was scared the first act. I was nervous. I was creeped out. It was a cool horror movie. But as soon as she explained that all, it became a socially conscious movie, but I came out of the net magic of it. So here's my question. In your interpretation of the movie, is the us the people on the surface or is us the people below? It's all of us. We're all American. To me, the us... So how I read this is the others are the minorities and we're, they are also a product of this, this country. They are also a product of all of it. They are the others for all intents and purposes, but the reckoning is coming. They're rising up. Like, and I think that that's, I do get that theme from it. I do get the, like, they're going to, eventually we're going to, there's more of us. We're powerful. We're strong. So who's, who's the no. then? Uh, if we're all us, no. who's the then? Yeah. I think the way you're setting us up is how I read it. That us yeah. is the, the people, the, um, the, the underground, the tethered people. Yeah. Because that's why the movie ends with them hand in hand, with these helicopters over top. Right. Like, we got to deal with this. We that's deal that's with them. the America. They're that's them. the real them. Right. No, see, I take the the underground people are the them. Oh, see, and minorities no, I, I are read the, it. I read no. it. The we are every minority is the them to me. No, and we're all Americans together. But the problem is the the majority, the privileged, the powerful don't want to acknowledge that. Right, but that's why us is that group. Us is that group. Them is the other group. I don't think I'm you're using the pronouns opposite because I feel like your argument is saying that the yeah, opposite I'm not, of the pro- I'm not. isn't them. If you just take them as pronouns, us is we, them is they. He right. But it's, third it's, person, it's, it's first which person. Side you're on. Right. Right. But the side, the right side so is the tether. Per- it's always us. To me, we're all us. We're all them. We're all. Oh, you see, but I think the movie's about shifting that perspective. That Oh, no, not the power. Too. Just, yeah, just that the perspective goes back of the other. Oh, way. see, you guys are reading it like I, the I love this are reading. The privilege. Yeah, the surface right. are the surface are people them. are the privileged. Right? Them. They're the them. them. Right. The us is the us. underprivileged. We. But are we all the us? 
Yeah, but you, it's like, it's almost as if you went into the movie already assuming that, Marissa. I think <laughs> most people couple. see it as the perspective going the opposite way. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, that's interesting. I, I get what you're saying, and it makes so much I'm sense. I'm not saying it's you're wrong. Yeah. I just, yeah. I feel like you're giving the reason why our read is the right read, but you're right, saying it opposite. Right, yep, I okay. agree with you. No, I think you're, it makes so much sense what you're saying. And right. especially right. with, you know, it's like they're the minority yes. because they're underground, right. but they make the, they make the point of saying... There's a copy of everyone. Like there's, right. so it's like, it's, I don't even want to say minority in the sense, how do I want to say it? It's like, I, I like how Marissa said, like the underprivileged, the underground, you know, you got to eat the nice hot meal. I ate a cold rabbit. You got warm, squishy toys on Christmas. I got sharp, pointy things. Right. Um, there is a copy of every single person. I actually liked the shift into the sci-fi of like, the failed government experiment. They said, we can make the clone. We cannot copy the soul. Right. Which I love the idea that there is another one of me. And it's me, but it's not me. Right. And that other me has come up with a very, very different upbringing. They have had the harshest of the harsh. Like It's like when you have the idea, there's studies with feral children. Like you never know how a child is going to turn out until you experiment them on them in a horrific way. Right. And, you know, I know that feral children were purposefully made, but I also know that there were some that were found, and they're far and few between, but, like, the idea of you never know the answer to the question until the horrific experiment is conducted first. <laughs> right. And then, so, what you're saying is an end justify the means kind of situation yeah. overall. But, you see, to me, that's when I lost the movie. Okay. I, I mean, I got it. I just didn't find the Utilidor, which re reminded me a lot of the, uh, the the back end, the back of the house of Magic Kingdom. But I just didn't get, and there's there's the symbolism there, too, I guess, right? But I never, I, I just didn't find that part of it interesting. I found... Yeah. The idea of your clone coming to get you. I, I found that Lupita's speech scariest. That that in the use of that phrase, she's I feel like she's coming to get me. Yeah. And we know that she is her. Yeah. And maybe that's just a mental health issue. <laughs> but that feeling felt really real and cool to me. And I wanted the movie to explore that. And it just didn't. Yeah, no, I can see that. That's fair. Um, What's with the animals? What's with the animals in general? Like the rabbits in this, the deer in... Like I got the deer in Get Out as like the hunted, you know, and I right. get the, the the bunnies were like vulnerable and weak here, but right. there's well, a lot Well, I also of... took that as like the symbolism of like, you know, bunnies multiply. Like, you know, when you, when you, you know, mate like rabbits. Right, right. And kind of that being the same where like they made all these multiple copies of the people and... You know, rabbits are easy to breed. Rabbits right. are And they will overcome us, yeah. right. You Which, know? by the way, Ocean City is being overrun by rabbits as no, we speak. Really? Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So here's here's my question that I'm going to pose to, to Marissa. So knowing, Can I kick my own ass? No. She yeah. definitely <laughs> Knowing that, you know, that Red and, uh, oh, what's her name? I forget what her name is now. Uh, uh, Adelaide. Mm -hmm. yep. Knowing that they're, like... Opposite of what we thought they were. So it brings up like a final girl issue. Mm. You know, like Let's is one is or it. the other the Red. final girl? Red is the protagonist to me. Really? Here's the thing, like 
You're right. The only thing that the only difference between Red and Adelaide is the the fact that one of them got to grow up with with privilege, yeah. right? Like she got the good education, she got the Howard the degree, she got whatever. And like that's to me that's why Red is the hero. And listen, I actually read a really interesting theory that Jason and Pluto were also switched. Yeah, which blew my mind because I was like, oh, snap. well, no, I think they. I think wasn't that established in the movie at the end that 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 Jason and because because when I, I you, didn't see it, but I loved the theory. The what I saw was I because I looked into that too is the fire thing. The fire, mm-hmm. how she when she's in the car when that rap song comes on and she turns back to him and, and she's, she's trying, trying to get it. Well, did you know she was off, rhythm, off the beat? Yeah. And then he mimicked her both being off the beat. They're both the others because they're yeah. both the others. At the end, he gives Whoa. her that look in the front seat where, like you know, he realizes like. You're not the right one. When did well, he get not, not only say not the right one, but like you were, you're not the one I thought you were. Yeah, and the, right, and that speaks to why he's deformed in a way that we can see, right? Because like suppose like th- there was something that happened that made them switch, right? It speaks to whatever that inciting incident was, with like why he I can't know, like right? why he can't remember how to do it. They were just there last year. I didn't get that though. Full yeah. disclosure, like I, I definitely didn't see that in the film. It was only a theory. I it's read. a. I, I think I, I don't know that it's even those truths. I don't know if they're strong enough. Maybe yeah, though. I don't yeah. know. I, it's, it, it's something that it looked like they tried to do. I don't know if they achieved what they wanted to do with it, but I see where they were trying to be like, oh, and because there was the very obvious difference between uh, physical difference because Pluto had the burns on him and Jason did not. So it was very obvious to see between the two who was who. Well, also Jason walks Pluto back into Mm -hmm. the fire. They mimic each other. So it would make you think that, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say that to get back to your point about the final girl, I love uh, don't get me wrong. I love Lupita Nyong'o, no matter what she does. But she, like, I loved her kickassery in this film, oh, for yeah. lack of a better term. Like, what a great final! Girl. Even the daughter Zora. Yeah, like yes. even her, and like, even the, the bad versions of them were so good. Yeah, too. they're like, both yeah. so good. Oh, and yeah. the actors did a good job of being evil and oh, and also themselves being themselves yeah. or, or yeah. not or being right. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, it. I thought I, I, and I agree with you about it being you get taken out of it. Also, I, I was curious about the spider singing. I mean. Not the spider sting, the rabbit sting. Apparently Japan did a study, and there's a whole island of feral, really dangerous rabbits somewhere near Japan, because they did a government, a Japan did a government study on rabbits, and then they bailed on it, and then they just left the rabbits there, and now there's, like, rabbits living all over this little island. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. And, the, like, Jordan Peele heard that story, and that's why he decided to use the rabbits as an image for, like, the metaphor of, like, how the government just thinks they could use anything to test on and, you know. And then she, just walk away. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to, I feel like I'm going to provoke you with this, but she can't be a final girl, though, right? Adelaide not allowed to be a final girl by, by the rules, right? Why not? Because she isn't she the bad guy, technically. Well, if you look at it as an evolution of the trope of the final girl, you'd want more villainous final girls to live. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. She's because she's not. But the she's villain. fighting herself. She's fighting a version of herself. Though. But is she the villain though? Isn't the no? I, that's the whole the movie. Yeah. You can't yeah. Identify who, who, right. Yeah. Yeah. To assign villain to one yeah. group so or the other. Or the other is yeah. so problematic. So but then, yeah, can awesome. she be a final girl? Then I would put her in that category. Because the one thing that I was wondering what you would think is, is that you spend three quarters of the movie before you figure it out, thinking like, "Wow, she's so she's badass. So badass!" But then you realize that that aggression, yeah, that though, doesn't change her is because she's yeah. not who you think she's she is. not as bad. Right? She's not yeah. the good guy. 
Right, because red's really the good right, guy at that right, point. Right. I don't know. I, I love that idea. I think that it's just, in my head, it's still a final, a final girl win. I mean, anytime you get a strong protagonist like that, and it is even remotely, I, I don't know. I, I yes, I would argue she is, but I can see why there's holes in that theory. I have, um, I, I have, I have a friend who's a very, who's a really good person, <laughs> but is a Trump supporter, uh, like that's nationalist kind of politically, right? Right now, and. And I tried once over a couple of drinks to say, I know for a fact you would open your door if there was someone living on your street who needed a bed. And this is someone who's done that, has, has exhibited that charity, right? Like, has let people in their house. Wait, let me finish. A person of their, their race. Let me finish. No, not, not always. Has let people in their house, has put people up, has given people money. Like, I've seen them You've give somebody, do, do acts of individual kindness beyond even what I would normally do. Okay. Where I say, wow, that's a it's really fine. good thing. But I also saw this person see a picture of like a Guatemalan family on Fox News, like dead in a puddle. And I said to them, now, how can you Reconcile. vote and right. act politically from a place where that's okay? I know you would never allow that to happen on your own street. And their feeling is that, the, the, they said this to me explicitly, the government of the United States of America is different than me and my door. They can't act in the same way. So I said, do you mean to tell me that you don't believe that, the, that you say you have an individual responsibility, your fellow man, that the government of the United States of America doesn't have to its fellow man? I said, absolutely. It's the role of the government of the United States of America to keep us safe, to keep out. And that person no, but, Okay, but yeah. I'm just telling you that's there. That's where I landed. And it was, it was informative to me because I was like, okay, that's the flaw in their thinking. And that's where, where we, that's where we part ways. Because my thought is, is that humans are humans and the, I want a government that works to that end. And to me, I couldn't stop thinking about this during that movie. Because this movie is really about how we keep at bay a certain part of ourselves. And, and we don't, and we, and we allow another to flourish. But too much of that was like on the nose for me. Too, mu too much of that was like right Boop! Just hit me right there. Like the the, the Tchaikovsky dancing. Well, oh, what is that from? Yeah, it's from Nutcracker. Is that right? I think maybe I don't know. I didn't recognize that it. Was. So that's a dance that's done right, like mirrored. Famous, right? Yeah, it's famously mirrored by two dancers, mm -hmm. but she was doing it alone. And then her other was, was doing, like it, doing at it at the same time. time. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's just like oh, I don't think it's that's too much like news. on the bulldog. Oh, see, I don't, I don't, I disagree. Like I, I, I think that he likes to play with that kind of stuff in his films, and he does a really good job with it. Like I think the Jeremiah eleven eleven thing. I think the use of the red. I think the all of the like the names of everyone. I think it is a little bit on the nose, maybe for us, but I think it's just good, like good fodder for other people. Like I think it's good story. Like it's good cinematography and good directing to be able to be that I don't know like that layered with everything because I think for us it's on the nose but I think other people would have to work to get to that beach shots were particularly good which ones? the beach shots yeah those were really good were really good I think every I think all so many of his shots are so well done like I'm always impressed with his with his choices as a director and just how good his actors are for him um, just period, how good they are, period. So, yeah, Joe, thank you so thank much you. for joining us again. Oh and Charlie and, yeah, and Rose. Rose Maddie. Rose Maddie. Rose Maddie. We had the whole, oh. we had we had the the whole, whole squad. Oh my God, and so I 
like, if if I'm gonna be overtaken by a family, I could not be more happy Aww. with my co-stars. Well, I got my I love we love you, Jackie, and I got no time for the corner boys. I just want to be with my Jersey ghouls. That's right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So yeah, we can uh, JoePostal.com. Thank you. Uh, Murphy Writing. Oh yeah, uh, will be uh, Murphy Writing will be hosting beginning your novel in the winter. You can sign up in October. MurphyWriting.com. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. good. And for us, you can just search Jersey Ghouls. Find us on social media. Find us on your favorite podcast app. Please head over to like iTunes and give us a rating. Yeah. You know what? If it's five star, cool. If it's not, tell us why. Just let us know. Just blame Joey. It's fine. That's what yeah. I Yeah. No, it can be fine. Cool you know? out the door is coming. Oh, <laughs> right. Uh, actually, Easter I do want to say that. I do want to say two things are down the pipe for us. Um, be on the lookout. Jersey Ghouls is branching out. We are sponsoring some new podcasts. The first one's going to be Dark Tales Radio, which should be launching very soon. Very soon. Yeah. And we are both co-hosts on that. Although you won't recognize me because I'm my alter ego, the Jersey Daredevil. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and, um... And Jackie's uh, Penny Dreadful is her. Oh, is her oh, kind of, like, kind of like a vampire style yeah, like nice. host. Yeah, I love and that. actually, what I said is I'm not necessarily vampire. I'm more Lisa Marie from Ed Wood trying to be vampire. That's <laughs> well, more my though. persona. I like that. And I don't. I don't have a persona yet. I just talk for some reason. I just talk like should I get back? Nice. Wait, um, so Dark Hills Radio. Dark Hills, yeah. So definitely make sure you check out Dark Hills Radio. Thank you guys so much for joining. We will see you guys next time. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye. Slipping now, look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.